Hello, hello. I'm Molly, and this is my podcast, Really Recovering, where I talk about really recovering from my eating disorder, and I just like to use it as a space to share about all things recovery and general mental health to anyone who might listen. So today I think I want to talk about the importance of self-care, just like period, but also especially in eating disorder recovery, and then also just like give examples of like my favorite forms of self-care so yeah I don't know recently I have been trying to record I've bounced around from like 50 million different topics because I I just have so many ideas but I feel like I'm getting so in my head about them that like kind of like I talked about in the last episode like if it's not perfect or if it's not perfectly long enough my brain is just like oh let me delete the whole thing so I'm gonna try not to do that I'm gonna try to just talk the talk and then, you know, see how see how long it is and let myself kind of have natural slip-ups that might occur. And if my brain doesn't like it, I'm going to go through the impost anyways because I need to show myself that <laughs> I like there's not a certain way that a podcast should be. And I need to like learn that. But anyways, before I get into the episode, I just want to give like a little quick content warning i'm going to be talking about things relating to eating disorders and mental health i'm not going to share any numbers or go too into detail but if at any point during this you're listening and you don't feel it's conducive to your mental health journey then please feel free to click off um i have a few other episodes that are already out that you are totally free to go watch or you know just go do something else completely that takes care of yourself Ah, go do more self-care uh see what i did there But actually, just, like, listen to yourself and give yourself what you need. So, what is self-care? I think, first of all, I don't really think self-care was, like, labeled until, like, recently. Like, within the past decade. Um, I don't know. Self-care was kind of before that. It didn't really have, like like, a name. It didn't really belong to a category. I think it was just a part of, like, mental health. Um... And I also think that social media has a tendency to kind of only pay self-care as, like, the extra stuff on top, if that makes any sense. Like, self-care is a lot of things. It's kind of like a whole ice cream sundae. And at the basis of the sundae, you've got, like, feeding yourself accurately and, like, cleaning your room. And then, like, the whipped cream is, like reaching out to friends and family and then like the chocolate sauce is like journaling and practicing mindfulness and then like the cherry on top is kind of the things that social media talks about like you know doing face masks and going to a yoga class and all the everything but self-care is like a lot that being said I think for most people struggling with mental health self-care is kind of (laughs) hard I think Honestly, mental health, like, poor mental health is kind of a direct result of poor self-care. I think the two are kind of very, very intertwined. You know, like, if you neglect to take care of yourself, you are going to feel worse. And the worse you feel, the harder it is to feel like you are able to take care of yourself. So you just kind of, it's very easy to end up, like, going just, like, around and round and round in, like, this downward spiral. And it's hard to pull yourself out of it 
an eating disorder specifically, I think this is very true because, like I mentioned earlier, nourishing yourself is a form of self-care. Like, eating disorders are inherently bad self-care. Um, and there's this concept in psychology called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. It was created by this American psychologist named Abraham Maslow, and he practiced psychology kind of like in the time where Freud was super popular, which like enough said. Um, but he was like, all of this is stupid. Let's focus on more of the positives. So his whole, I guess, philosophy is kind of based around this concept of something called self-actualization and in short, it's like becoming your full potential and like fully accepting and embracing who you are for everything you are. But you can't reach self-actualization without meeting all of your other needs first. So Maslow created this pyramid looking thing of a hierarchy of needs. And so like on the bottom are like your most basic needs and on the top is self-actualization. And I'm just going to go through that real quick um, just so we can get like a frame of reference for how like basic a need nourishment is so bottom tier physiological needs food water sleep breathing stuff like that like stuff that you literally would die without and then second row up is safety so this is like a secure job a secure health or not like a secure health but like being healthy a secure house secure home life And then above that is love and belonging. So that's like feeling connected to the loved ones in your life. Above love and belonging is esteem. So that's like your confidence, your self-esteem as it implies, the respect you have of other people. Um, And then above esteem is self-actualization, which is what we talked about earlier. And so I think the goal of most modern therapies is self-actualization but I, I like this specific diagram or imagery of like a pyramid because it kind of shows that like to get to the goal, you have to meet all of these other things first. And like, it's not like a linear path. Like you don't have to do every single one of those things to like achieve self-actualization. And I'm you can have some aspects of self-actualization and some aspects and bits and pieces of other parts of the pyramid while still struggling with certain things but I think the one layer like the one tier that you really don't have a lot of room to struggle with without it affecting the rest of the pyramid is that physiological tier and I've noticed this in my eating disorder and I'm sure you have as well but like when I'm not adequately nourishing myself the rest of the world just seems a lot darker and a lot more gray, right? <clears throat> Safety is affected. My health is in danger. Love and belonging is affected because I'm so irritable that, like, my relationships with my family and my friends and my boyfriend get super strained. And I just become, I become Loki a bitch, but, uh. <laughs> and then, like, esteem. Like, I know I get super, super anxious and depressed. And I, I've noticed that I feel way less confident in myself in my decision making and how I also just like put myself out to the world when I was in my eating disorder and so obviously that all leads to a lack of self-actualization you know 
on a whole, when you're engaging in an eating disorder, you're really just a shell of the person you could become. And you, you don't even have, like, the fuel or the energy to, like, do anything but focus on your eating disorder, you know? And that's lonely, and it's sad, and so you can see why recovering from an eating disorder would require a lot of self-care, because not only are you healing the food piece, but you're healing everything that was affected by the food piece, which can be quite a lot in some cases. Not to mention, like, just the food piece of eating disorder recovery is hard. It's kind of ironic that meeting such a basic need can cause so much stress and it's also a little bit just like paradoxical because like you don't want to be stressed so you might avoid whatever piece of the food aspect that scares you but that in turn affects everything else and it causes you stress in the long run but if you face that fear it can cause you stress short term so like a lot of times you hear the phrase feel the fear and do it anyway and I feel like that's very that's a very valuable phrase just like keeping this in mind as well like I may fear this food right now or I may fear this meal right now or I may be feeling I may be feeling a lot of guilt but that's not going to be forever especially when in the long run I'm restoring my relationship with food so I can restore my needs in the rest of my life and hopefully reach self-actualization so obviously like because the food piece is so stressful you might need like extra self-care and eating disorder recovery because of that but I think like whatever you do don't attempt to replace the food piece with that self-care Because while food and showers and face masks and going on walks are all forms of self-care, like, there is still a hierarchy, there is still a pyramid, and if you neglect the food part, no matter what you do, everything else is going to crumble around you, which is, it sounds really, really, like, negative and cynical, but it's really not. Like, food is a very basic need, and... I, I keep reiterating this because I just, I want to reiterate, like, how essential it is to both your physical and mental and emotional well-being, you know? So, anyways, while you are working on healing your relationship with food, um, I've decided to share some of my favorite forms of self-care that kind of help, you know, keep me going and take a little bit of, like, my attention away from the guilt and the anxiety so i i really love nature i love going on walks if you're not allowed to move literally when i wasn't allowed to move i literally just like i have a beautiful backyard so i just was able to like go outside of my backyard and just like sit and i just kind of like like low-key like photosynthesized like i just like sat there in the sun and like absorbed it all it was like wonderful i'd bring my journal out there sometimes it was really really like it was really like peaceful um So yeah, I love walks. I love watching sunrises and sunsets. Sunsets more so because waking up early is hard for me. But I'm also really big on taking showers and like 
just like feeling clean not to the point where it's like obsessive but like if I'm struggling I notice that like like hygiene is harder and like my room tends to get messier so a lot of times just like taking a day setting aside a day where I'm like okay this is gonna be my like get my shit together day this is gonna be the day where I like take the best longest shower of my life I'm gonna clean my room do my laundry do everything because once my room is organized and I'm clean and my laundry I have clothes to wear like then I can deal with everything and I feel less overwhelmed um another one is just like distractions in general because I do think distractions are a form of self-care I think there's a lot of emphasis on not relying on them and I think that's very valid but I think oftentimes when you're dealing with such a difficult thing as like recovering from an eating disorder especially like surrounding mealtimes distractions are really helpful from distractions are really helpful for like keeping your emotions kind of at bay not in like like numbing them out but just kind of preventing them from getting overwhelming so like my favorite distractions I really like um mental distractions I really like reading right now I'm reading the recovery journal by Emily Donahue she's so cool this is not like sponsored at all she's just really cool and I'm I'm really liking it it's a book that not only has like little tidbits of information about eating disorder recovery but it has like prompts for you to fill out and it's it's pretty mindful and it's like very easy to help you kind of like reflect on you and your relationship with food she also has a podcast called the recovery club if you want to check it out again like i don't even i've never spoken to this woman but i she's just very helpful to me um i also like journaling i feel like journaling can both function as a distraction and as a way to get in touch with yourself i think it depends on how you use it and like your intentions behind it but just like journaling and like being mindful sometimes is helpful sometimes it's not but mindfulness is a form of self-care so like whenever i'm in a relatively like okay headspace i will try to meditate or what i like to do instead of like formal meditation is like just become very aware of my surroundings kind of like grounding activities um i like playing i spy with myself <laughs> it's always fun and then another big one sleep i for so long especially in my eating disorder I did not give myself permission to rest and now I am catching up on all the rest that I've missed and especially when things are hard my body is expending a lot of physical and mental and emotional energy on just like living life so sleep sleep is a big one there is something to be said about using sleep to like ignore your feelings and I would get curious if that resonates but for me it is not. I just, I'm very excited about the fact that I've given myself permission to rest. And then also just like reaching out to and going out with friends. Um, friends are wonderful. <laughs> friends are great. Friends are, I mean, there are people in your life that you like and they make you happy. And when I'm out with friends, I find that it's way more easy to focus all of my t- like energy and attention on like being present with them rather than like ruminating on food. Um, just because, like, I value my friends and I value my relationships and I want to, you know, be with them and spend time with them and enjoy things with them. So, yeah. 
I'm going to give you a challenge if you're listening. <laughs> I think that this week you should make an effort to do at least one thing for self-care every single day. And maybe that thing is just sleep. You know, maybe that thing is congratulating yourself for completing your meal plan. Or maybe you do go on a walk through nature or take yourself out to like buy yourself a little treat. But whatever it is, do one thing a day for self-care because you deserve it. And I'm sure that you will see a difference in just like your outlook towards life and your general mental health. So yeah, that's all I have to say. I will see you next time.